Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Wednesday, August the 23rd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, we've got a football game to talk about. The Dolphins' invasion of Philadelphia culminates with a game at Lincoln Financial Field in primetime tomorrow night, that is Thursday, at 7 o'clock Eastern time. We get an extended look at the starters and a last tune-up before the game start to count for real in September when the Dolphins open up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, September the 10th at home at Hard Rock Stadium. Also on today's show, we visit the mailbag, read a couple of listener reviews, but before we get into all that in the meat of the episode, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. Drop me a five-star rating, write me a nice little review, and don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and the Locked On Heat podcast for national and local coverage of your favorite teams every single day. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. I live tweeted the last game against the Ravens. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that again. We will see. It depends on on where I'm at. Kind of want to watch this one as a fan and then give you guys a podcast after the game's over with. Check out my personal website, 3rd10.com. The Week 2 quarterback recap is all up there right now, and it's live. There's two parts to it, so some good in-depth stuff there. So be sure to check that out. Okay, so we got a football game tomorrow night. And the last important one to talk about for a couple of weeks here. And normally the quarterback would lead the show off 99% of the time, especially given the Dolphins' current circumstances. But there's some big news out of Davey, or I guess out of Philadelphia today, that Mike Pouncey is set to make his first start since last November when he went out with a degenerative hip issue, easy enough for me to say. And that's the big story for me because of how much trouble this offensive line, particularly inside, has had. And I really want to check out what the cohesion of the offensive line looks like on the inside with the left guard, Mike Pouncey and Jermon Bushrod all getting extended looks this game. Probably going to be, I would imagine anywhere from 20 to 30 reps. I would hope at least for Pouncey to get some conditioning back under him. He's got to get back into football shape sooner than later. So hopefully he gets quite a few reps. And then the left guard's position between Jesse Davis and Isaac Asiata appears to be the battle right now. It looks like the Dolphins want to go with Jesse Davis. He's been getting first-team reps this preseason, this camp, whereas Asiata has not so much. I mean, he's gotten a couple in, in training camp, but not really in the games. So really curious to see what happens there, and I want to see how much better Pouncey can help that left guard, whoever it is, get better at their assignments and, and just play better football. So definitely a big thing to look for in this game is how well that offensive line plays together. This is going to be their first start 
together as the starting five, or at least the, the five that you hope open the season with in that Tampa Bay game. And it's important to see them kind of develop some cohesion and develop something to build off of and something for the coaching staff to put together as we move forward into the regular season. Bullet point number two that I want to talk about, obviously we do get back to the quarterback, Jay Cutler. Again, same probably same type of pitch count that you're probably going to see with Pouncey. I imagine he'll play the entire first half, maybe into the third quarter, just depends on what the offense looks like. And with the hurry-up offense the Dolphins run, there is a good chance that he will get out of the game by the first half just because of the number of reps who will run if they can achieve a couple of first downs and keep the chains moving and get the offense onto the field for some more plays in the first half. So got to guess it's going to be around 25 to 30 reps for Jay Cutler. So we'll see where that where that ends up. I want to see how he times up the underneath stuff, the combination routes, the stuff that is going to be built into the game plan where he has to see it and it succeeds based on the way he succeeds it. So for instance, combination routes, you know, slant, slant flat combos where you have the perimeter receiver slanting over the middle and the tight end or running back leaking out to the flat. How well does he read that? How well is the timing? How well is his location on that pass? Because that third of the flat is kind of a tough one, especially to the quarterback's left where he has to kind of take a straight drop and then throw it across his body and put it in a really succinct location that has to be right on target for the receiver to be able to make a play and get upfield with it after the catch. So really curious to see how he works on those. Also some concepts, some smash concepts. One of Adam Gaze's favorite things he does is run the, the smash concept on one side where you have a corner route on this from the slot receiver on the inside, and then the outside receiver is running some kind of a dig, a hitch, or something to pull a cornerback down away from that corner. And I really want to see how Adam or how Jay Cutler reads that type of a of a coverage and see where he is with the timing on that and all that good stuff. So just kind of seeing how well he times things up and how this offense looks as a whole in terms of just moving the football and looking like they're going to be ready for a, a regular season game. Cause you know, like I said, that's it's a little over two weeks away now for the dolphins. So time to get in gear, time to get going and time to get this offense, the first team offense rolling a little bit. There is more to me, queen Eliara of Elfgard than my elven magic. Just as there's more to GEICO than saving you money, GEICO also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the GEICO app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Moving over to the other side of the ball, defensively, I think you really want to see this team get some stops with the first team defense. This Eagles offense is going to challenge the underneath zone stuff. Some the same thing as Adam Gaze's offense where they want to work underneath and, and Carson Wentz really excels in that game in that portion of the game in the middle of the field. Even, but the thing is, is he is a little bit inaccurate too. So you can have an op, a couple opportunities to make some plays, but a couple of things I want to see, I got three bullet points for the defense here. Number one, Xavier Howard, the reports that he's having a great camp. Joe Shad tweeted out today, the Dolphins beat writer, tweeted out that Xavier Howard had a couple of stops on Alshon Jeffrey plays in the red zone. And I want to see if he can keep that going into the game and handle Alshon Jeffrey there too. His production this season is going to be very important for the Dolphins secondary with the loss of Tony Lippett and the uncertainty with Byron Maxwell's health and, and then Cordray Tankersley, the next guy up. So just kind of some uncertainty there. Very important that Xavier Howard locks down that number one job and plays like a number one corner. So check him out, number 25 on the edge. Hopefully you'll see him do some more bumping and stuff and play closer to the line of scrimmage. One thing they talked about a little bit with Matt Burke, uh, or I guess Jim Schwartz, who who worked ahead, or Matt Burke worked under Jim Schwartz, and he kind of funneled that philosophy of 
playing strong, fundamentally sound zone defense. So you're going to see a more zone defense from the Dolphins this year and in this game on Thursday. So lots of good zone stuff, even though I may not agree with it just because the personnel, I think, matches better for man. But that's neither here nor there. We'll see how they execute before I start chastising them for that type of a, a game plan. Number two bullet point is the linebackers, and it kind of works off that same thing we talked about with Matt Burke and his zone coverages. I want to see how these linebackers work in unison in a zone coverage. It's kind of like they're almost kind of like foosball players on the on the table in, in a sense where they're stuck to the same line and they're going to be moving the same direction, or at least you hope they're moving in the same direction and, and working together in that way. So I'm curious to see how Lawrence Timmons, Kiko Alonso, and whoever they decide to start at middle linebacker, I, I doubt it's Ray Malaluga. Probably going to be Mike Hole again getting the first crack and then Deion Lacey. I doubt Malaluga suits up in this game. Maybe he does, but I would be surprised if he does. So I'm curious to see how well those guys move in coverage on first down plays where the, the offense is in personnel that calls for three linebackers to be on the field. So if they're in 12 personnel where there's only two receivers in the field, 12 personnel means one running back, two tight ends, which then means you have to have three, uh, two receivers. So I'm curious to see how the Dolphins handled that type of a thing with the linebackers and, and how well they play the underneath game and coverage. The number three bullet point are the rookies. And I've talked ad nauseum about this guy, the way he's performed all camp and all preseason. Devon Godshow, I want to see him show up for the third straight game. Week one was awesome. Camp was awesome. Week two was good. Not great, but a good game. And I want to see him come out and put out another good performance on tape and do it for an extended period of time. These defensive tackles, especially our starting guy with you know Jordan Phillips kind of being an uncertain player at this point of his career, it's important to see him, Godshow, get 30, maybe 40 reps in this game, just getting him ready for what he should be expected on a Sunday in the regular season, considering the fact that he's going to be the starter and likely the the guy they roll with the majority of the time next to Sue out there. Charles Harris, I want to see him get some first team reps against the the Eagles left tackle and get some and get some pressure on Carson Wentz. I want to see him, you know, hassle Wentz and, and close that edge down and just and have a good game. That'd be important to see because right now the Dolphins first team pass rush hasn't really done a whole lot. Will Hayes has been in the backfield a few times and then some guys in the later parts of the game. Cameron Malvo had a sack and, and some pressure earlier too in the preseason. So I want to see these first team guys get some pressure and play well off the edge. And that goes for Cam Wake and Andre Branch and Will Hayes as well. I want to see those guys get some get some run against the first team and get some pressure on Carson Wentz. Lastly, the last rookie I wanted to see was Cordray Tankersley. He should get some time. Uh, I think he left yesterday's practice, Tuesday's practice, with some sickness, but he should be fine for the game tomorrow on Thursday. Tankersley, he's going to be moving him and Alteron Werner kind of battling for that fourth corner job, which is going to get reps this year. It's going to happen. Someone's going to go down with an injury. Some teams are going to run out bigger or more wide receiver sets. You're going to get on the field as the fourth corner. I want to see him maybe seize that from Alteron Verner. Nothing against Alteron Verner, but if Tankersley wins that job, it just bodes better for the Dolphins' future. So I want to see him get lots of reps and play against some number one receivers and see how well he can handle himself. Pressing on away from the defense this time, another point I want to look at. Kenyon Drake was removed from the concussion protocol on Tuesday. I am not sure what that means for his game status. I, I think they probably want to go with Damian Williams as the number two off the jump, but I, I just I really like Kenyon Drake as a runner. I've, I've made it, made this point clear multiple times in the podcast that I think he is a far superior runner than Damian Williams. So I'll be curious to see if he gets any action and if that battle for the number two running back job is still up for grabs or whether or not they're just going to let Kenyon Drake sit on ice for the rest of the preseason and come back out for the regular season with a clean bill of health. 
All in all, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting contest. Uh, like I mentioned, Carson Wentz is going to give the defense opportunities to make plays. And the Eagles front seven is excellent, an excellent test for the Dolphins' offensive line. Fletcher Cox can do a lot of different things inside. He's going to give you know Jesse Davis some problems, hopefully, and, and Jermon Bushrod, as well as Mike Pouncey. He gives give them a challenge and give them an opportunity to really test themselves against a really good player, an all-pro player in Fletcher Cox. Derek Barnett has three sacks this preseason. The rookie first-round pick out of Tennessee, he's been a, a menace off the edge for the two teams they've played thus far. So two guys to keep an eye on for that defense and a really good opportunity to challenge the Dolphins' biggest weakest on the roster right now, which is the offensive line. So I really want to see Derek Barnett get shut out by Laramie Tunzel because those two competed in college when Tunzel was at Ole Miss and Barnett was at Tennessee. It'll be good to renew that rivalry and see what happens there. All right, so let's move on now. That's the game tomorrow night, Thursday, at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. But let's move on to the Twitter mailbag and answer a question that came across from Kevin Dern at KevinMD4. You guys might remember that name if you listened to the Finalysis podcast with Kevin and I in the past. But he had a question today about the quarterback position. Of course, he asked me for that type of stuff. That's kind of my wheelhouse. He asked, if Jay Cutler plays well and the Dolphins get into the postseason, maybe even win a game there, and Cutler wants to come back and the Dolphins want to re-sign him, what is your approach at quarterback? You give you give Cutler the keys for the for the immediate future. Maybe draft one early. Do you trade Ryan Tannehill? And I told Kevin, you know, we're close buddies. I told him, as I said to him through the text, I, I don't want to see Ryan Tannehill get away from this team. You know, we I don't know if you guys saw the Jake Laser video where they were interviewing him, and he mentioned that he spoke to Adam Gaze, and Adam Gaze fully expected Ryan Tannehill to make a jump not only into the top ten, which as you as you know from listening to me, I believe he's a top ten quarterback already. But he thought that Ryan Tannehill could make a jump into the top five, that elite echelon of quarterbacks up there with the Bradys and the Rodgers and those guys. So if Adam Gaze is saying that, I, who, is, who am I to question him? And I don't think it's just lip service. He's been a pretty honest guy for the most part throughout his you know year, year and a half or so here with the Dolphins. But if that is the case, if they want to trade Ryan Tannehill, I understand that he will be in high demand, even though the quarterback class and free agency, as well as the draft is going to be rich, you can get at least a first round pick for Ryan Tannehill, probably more than that. If Sam Bradford goes for that high before his breakout season in Minnesota, no reason to think Ryan Tannehill can't go for at least a number one draft pick and probably some more. So if you can get two first round draft picks, maybe another third additional draft pick, okay, you're getting one first round draft pick, but in addition to the one the Dolphins already have. So if you have two ones, a second round pick, two threes, Gives you a lot of ammo to move around the draft board. And with the number of quarterbacks that are going to be available in this draft that people seem to like, I like Sam Darnold. I love Josh Allen. I like Luke Falk. Not a big Josh Rosen guy. But if I can get one of those three guys, Darnold, Allen, or Falk, I'd be pretty happy with that combination of Jay Cutler and that quarterback, especially Josh Allen. If you guarantee me Josh Allen, I will even sign the papers to get rid of my boy Ryan Tannehill. So, that's how highly I think of him. But I really don't want to see Ryan Tannehill go away because I think he's he can do great things in this Adam Gaze offense and really produce for this team. Okay, so let's move on here now to the last part of the show. The podcast reviews I get on iTunes, which I love to see. So keep on writing this for me, guys. Give me the five-star rating and a nice little review. Really appreciate that. This one comes from Cascadia GP. Cascadia writes, Travis is the guy when it comes to digital coverage of the Finns. He can talk X's and O's till he's blue in the face, and he's a huge Finns fan. I'm glad he's getting his exposure. That's absolutely right. I can talk X's and O's till I'm blue in the face. I love this stuff. So I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Keep listening, keep rating, keep on subscribing, all that good stuff. This next one comes from Kaiman43001. Travis does a great job of breaking down things and teaching you the little things about football. 
a must listen for diehards. Well, I really appreciate that, Kai, man. That's, that's kind of the, the idea here. I want to give you guys a little different taste. Not really the whole fan thing as much. I mean, I am a Dolphins fan. We all know that. But I just I really enjoy the X's and O's of the game and trying to figure out why the things happen that happen on the field on Sundays occur. So glad you guys enjoyed that. The reviews are much, much appreciated. And speaking of X's and O's, I have a special guest scheduled for next Monday's show to break down all things Dolphins defense. So please don't forget to check that out. That's going to be exciting. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating, a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and check out 3rd10.com. Back tomorrow for a game recap edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose of Dolphins football fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.